This is episode 443 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How Many Rounds of Ammo Does a Prepper Need? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Everyone, I hope you have taken the time to go over and register for the free e-course, Three Ways to Get Started in Food Storage. Hey, don't forget that if you don't want to sit through the video lesson, that free course, and uh, you know, uh, do that that way, you can download the MP3 and listen to it on, on the go. There's just a lot of great information there that I think... I've got a lot of great feedback from it. So I, you know, I, I really do want everyone to listen to it because I think it'll help you get a little bit more prepared. I do have some worksheets that will help you. And so there is a link in the show notes or at the prepper website podcast.com to where you can easily go over there and register for that. Also, if you'd like to support the the podcast or prepper website, don't forget that there is a shirt on Amazon that says prepped and aware. That is uh, one that we have created from Prepper website and placed it on Amazon.com where people can go and download it. I have a link in the show notes, but I also have, I mean, you can just go to Amazon and type in, type in prepped and aware t-shirt and it'll come up. And so there's a, you know, there's black, there's Navy, there's all different kinds of sizes. There's men's, there's women's. And so when you do that, that helps support Prepper website and the podcast. And so I greatly appreciate that. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast it comes to us from mdcreekmore.com. And again, the title of the article is How Many Rounds of Ammo Does a Prepper Need? Now, you're not going to come away with a specific number. Now, you're going to come away with a, maybe a starting number that you should have. But you're not going to come away with, hey, you should have a thousand rounds. And, and, you know, that's that's one of those numbers that I've heard thrown around for a long time is, hey, you you know, you should have a thousand rounds per uh, a per caliber of whatever firearm, you know, for whatever firearm you have. And so, you know, that's one of those. This one has uh, a little bit more thought to it and what you should be doing and how you should think about it. So if you are preparedness-minded and you are into self-defense and you believe that you should be prepared for that, that you maybe you have a firearm, a handgun, maybe you have a shotgun, and maybe you've asked yourself, like, how much is too much or how much is enough? So hopefully this article will help you get to that answer. So let's go ahead and jump in and start reading. There is an economic concept, the law of diminishing returns, that can be applied to your life. The law of diminishing returns refers to a point at which the benefits are less than the amount of effort invested. This applies directly to ammunition stored for personal use and firearms as well as general prepping supplies. I should add that I detest the term prepper as it as it is defined using modern vernacular and is seen as a negative to many. Rather, I am someone who considers that even though I may never need insurance, it is a wise idea to have it. So when it comes to prepping, it is possible to have too many things and by default cause issue with both storage and distribution of the items needed. Ammunition, if it is not stored properly, does age rather poorly even if it is sealed in spam cans. 
Food, regardless, posted shelf life must also be stored in a relatively climate-controlled environment. In fact, there is very little that has an extended shelf life if it is not stored in a climate-controlled environment. Look at the packaging for any dry, frozen, or dehydrated food supplies. Store between temperatures are listed on the package. Temperatures are somewhat important for ammunition, however. The real killer for stored ammunition is moisture. I do not suggest leaving ammunition in your car during an Arizona summer. The temperatures reached can negatively affect performance. However, in personal testing, with ammunition stored openly in magazines and original packaging as well as loaded in magazines, I have found that overall the temperature variations rarely affect the ammunition by itself, though with uncrimped hand loads, I have found it causes greater issue than crimped loads, both factory and not. So what has always been the hands-down ammunition killer is moisture and the subsequent corrosion that occurs. Except for personal defense ammunition, I have on me at the moment and in my house for use at a moment's notice, my ammunition is stored in watertight cases that are also somewhat airtight. I use desiccants inside the ammunition storage containers as a way to reduce the free oxygen and moisture amount even more. With my testing and others, I have found that ammunition stored this way can be good for many decades, especially when temperature extremes are prevented. When it comes to defensive ammunition, you should be rotating this every six months or so. You are not rotating it because it compresses in the magazine and becomes oval or for any reason other than your carry ammunition by default is carried on your person. This means that it is subjected to temperature extremes and humidity, sweat, and general degradation that occurs with carry ammunition. All right, so he's talking about, you know, defensive ammo. If you're not familiar with it, you know, when you go buy whatever, you know, let's just say some 9mm, you go buy a box of 9mm, you might get away with it. Oh, gosh, it's been a while since I've purchased some, but maybe like a 50 round box of it, you might be able to get it for $14, $15, $16. And that's the cheap stuff, right? So um, the defensive ammo, you're going to be able to buy a smaller amount. It's usually, uh, you know, like a 25 round box. And it is going to be a lot more expensive because it is for that defensive purpose, you know. And so if you were a concealed carry person, you would be a concealed carry license holder. Uh, you would be going to the range and you would be using ball ammo or you would be using the cheap stuff to to practice. And maybe you go to you get some firearm trainings and stuff like that. But when you are actually out there carrying you are going to carry your defensive ammo. And that's a little bit more expensive, but he's even suggesting here that you're going to be rotating that out because, you know, it's just in the everyday uh, use of, of being, being on you that that's going to cause uh, some problems with, you know, moisture and sweating and all those different kinds of things, especially if you're taking out and inspecting your firearm on a regular basis and inspecting your magazine. All right, so continuing on. My bare minimum recommendations. For this purpose, my suggestion for long-term storage is a minimum of 250 rounds of defensive ammunition per defensive firearm in the house. This takes a rotation of 30 to 45 rounds every six months for handgun and between 60 and 240 rounds for the rifle and lastly 12 to 24 rounds 
for the shotgun if you have or use one. Personally, I prefer buying a half a case for handgun and a full case at a time once a year of premium defensive ammunition. This covers needs for the firearm in use as a defensive tool at my house and keeps a decent supply for practice and storage as well. With very few exceptions, I keep all of my magazines loaded. Modern Magpul magazines can be kept loaded fully and older NATO magazines loaded at 28 for rifle and one round short for magazines not in current defensive rotation for the handguns. This is not to reduce spring tension, instead it is specifically because many older magazines do not seat as easily or fully in a firearm that has a closed bolt or closed slide. I am not going to argue the merits of learning how to count your rounds or other similar approaches as these are foolish and outdated approaches that at least will add steps that will only confuse you under stress and at worst get you killed. My suggestion is use proven modern magazines and firearms. How many rounds of non-defensive ammunition should you keep on hand? This is where the law of diminishing returns really comes into play. Ammunition weighs a lot in quantity. For instance, a 30-round magazine of 5.56 or 2.23 weighs approximately one pound, whereas a loaded 8-round magazine for a 1911 weighs around 9 ounces and 15-round Smith & Wesson M&P magazine or a loaded 15-round Glock magazine will weigh around 8 to 9 ounces. Two defensive magazines for your handgun will end up weighing around 16 ounces and a single 2 and 3 fourth inch double-lot buckshot shell will weigh a little over 1 ounce by itself. Unless you train regularly with your bug out bag and a full loadout of ammunition, I highly doubt you will be humping more than 3 or 4 magazines for any great distance. Does this mean you shouldn't keep more than 120 rounds on hand? Absolutely not. In fact, I recommend at a bare minimum having 500 rounds of quality range ammunition for practice and long-term use. My suggestion is to avoid big box store ammunition. I do not mean specific ammunition retailers and resellers. I mean Walmart, Big Five, and other similar large box store ammunition. What is made for them will always be a reduced quality than even military and law enforcement training overruns. Big box ammunition is loaded with far less quality control being applied than is done with the more expensive yet better overall ammunition that is available. All right, so guys, that's the first time I've ever heard that. So uh, those, those that paragraph there, those, those few sentences, that the, the quality control of the ammunition that gets sent to like Walmart and the big box stores, are it's, it's not as high quality. I don't know how that would actually happen. That would mean that the firearm manufacturers are going to say, okay, this next big old round of, uh, you know, next boxes are going to be going to Walmart. So let's not have as good quality control. So that's the first time I've ever heard that. I'm not saying that it's not. I don't, uh, you know, honestly, I do not uh, frequent firearm forums very often. Um, I pretty much stick to preparedness because it's just, uh, I, I stay so busy, so, but I've never heard that before with all the firearm uh, articles that I have listed or that I've posted on uh, Prepper websites. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just haven't heard that one. All right, so let's continue on. If you reload, and this is something that takes great patience and dedicated time and effort to do well, 
Store supplies for as much as you may need at current training use for two to three years. This can be applied to factory new loads as well. I like having several months at a bare minimum stored away with my maximums being around five years at my current level of use. So if you go to the range and shoot 150 rounds a week, then calculate based on this number. If you carry defensively and do not train with at least 50 rounds a month, please remember a very simple reality. Shooting is absolutely a perishable skill. Certainly, many people get lucky and have used firearms successfully with little or no regular training or any real training. However, you will find a much greater level of success if you at least keep your basic skills sharp with 50 to 100 solid rounds downrange once a month. I have taught and worked with law enforcement officers and soldiers who refuse to practice regularly, leading them to have to shoot their generous qualifiers multiple times just to maintain employment. Next, it is important to understand that you and your wife will not be taking on an armed group of marauders even with your multiple trips to front sight, timeshare, and firearms training facilities. I know that the doctor who owns the training facility has told you that because you are a Diamond member, you are now better than Rambo. The reality is you will still be best served with not clearing your house and avoiding issues whenever possible. This is why individual focused training on your own and or with experienced real world instructors is best. This means that you need to have additional amounts of ammunition available and stored safely and properly. What you will need much of your ammunition for is hunting, getting rid of predator or scavenger animals, and potentially defense against two-legged marauders. All of my ammunition, except what is currently in use, is stored in a dry, temperature-controlled environment. What is currently in use is also kept dry and cleaned and maintained to promote longevity and 99.9% function when it is needed. So before you have 50,000 rounds delivered, make sure you know why, how, and what you are storing it for. Some places have passed laws recently regarding how much you can legally have. Be sure you follow the local laws whenever possible or whenever morally necessary. A few simple guidelines I use as a disabled middle-aged man with a family and some added individuals in potential problem times. So here are some questions here or some guidelines. What can I carry by myself? What can I keep safely secured? How much do we use monthly multiplied by each person using monthly and two to three years minimum for each firearm? Use only what works best in each firearm for each required use, like hunting, firearms, defensive, etc. What can my group carry? And what can my family or group keep safely secured? As always, use your head, ask yourself why you are doing or considering doing anything, and by all means, avoid falling into the age-old trap that is doomsday prepping. Yes, this approach has been around since before the Bronze Age and is largely due to a time when humans did not have working networks for trade and exchange. Certainly, being prepared for this is not a terrible idea though. It will take more than stockpiling ammunition and can be extremely cost prohibitive to all but the most wealthy of us. Free the mind and the body will follow. Alright guys, so hopefully you did take away a few you know, pointers there that you can start to implement or apply into your preparedness 
you know, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are brand new to preparedness. I hear from you all the time. And so when it comes to defense uh, or, you know, purchasing a firearm or something like that, you might not even know kind of where to start. So there's a lot of good information online, but going to a shooting range and maybe talking with some of the people behind the counter will help you. If they uh, if they do rent uh, handguns out to you, that might be a good thing that you can do, and you can take a couple, uh, you know, into the range and uh, to the range, and then fire them and just see which one feels better and and those types of things. If you are getting some training, you might contact someone and say, "Hey, look." I want training, but I don't know what kind of firearm I, I want. Do you have different types of firearms that I can shoot? And, you know, I'll pay for the ammunition or I'll bring ammunition or whatever. But I just want to see, you know, I want to shoot different handguns to see which ones would feel better in my hands. And so if you're new to this, you know, that might be a route that you might want to take instead of just going to the store and picking out something that looks nice or something that, you know, you just you uh, a name that you heard somebody say at one point. I know people that have done that, that they went and they got the shiny new object and, you know, it, it didn't sit well with them. They, they wound up not ever shooting their firearm except for that first initial time when they went to to the range because it just didn't feel right. So make sure you take a little bit of time of, you know, looking into that. And those of us that are, are a little bit more experienced, you know, um, when we take into account all of this firearm, you know, ammunition, how much is there and stuff, um, you know, I, I always think about back in the day when there was that shortage, right? When um, I guess, the, man, I can't even remember anymore. It's all, it all just blurs for me right now. But I think it was when they were talking about the gun grabs and all that kind of stuff and, and things were going crazy and you couldn't find ammunition anymore. You couldn't find 22 long rifle and you could barely find nine millimeter. And if you did, I mean, you were very lucky and all those things were kind of going on. And then you might have flashbacks of those of those times. It's like, man, you know, if if you are somebody that doesn't have a lot of ammo and then you have only have three or four boxes, you're not going to want to go to the range and shoot 50 to 100 rounds because you're very limited in what you have, especially if. You know, everybody is saying that is or is it just hard to get stuff? So that's one good reason why right now when there's plenty and there's things that you know, you can find it very, relatively easy right now. Uh, that's one of the good times where you can go and you can stock up on some of these things. Now, of course, they're talking about rotating. This article was talking about rotating your stockpile of ammo, kind of like you rotate your food storage. Um, not as probably not as frequently, but you are rotating it. And that just always makes sense, especially the defensive ammo that he was talking about there. And then keeping the rest of it in a cool, dry, uh, you know, cool, dry place. Uh, you know, I know that he has it in an airtight or um, actually a watertight and even to a point an airtight uh, with desiccants and all those types of things. I don't know. I mean, you do you really need to do that? I know people that don't do that at all. And then they, you know, they're just seems like they, they always have ammo that they're firing off. So uh, I guess if you really want to be at a point like you, you want to find yourself, you know, in, in an SHTS scenario and you don't want to have any guesswork of, hey, is my ammo corroded or is it, you know, does it have too much moisture, whatever, then you're going to want to take some of those things. You know, it might be a good idea, even if you 
you know, you, even if you're like, uh, I don't know if, if that really is the case or not, it might be a good idea if you do uh, a portion of your ammo that way. And that way you have a, a portion of your ammo sealed up that tight. And then if for whatever reason things happen, yeah, you, uh, you know, you're, you're good to go. And so I know someone that during Hurricane Harvey, they lost a lot or during the tax day flood, they lost a lot of ammo. Uh, and it was pretty much just, it was pretty much destroyed because it was underwater for a while. And from what I gathered from what people were saying is like, that's pretty much done. I mean, it was sitting underwater for a while. You, you, you don't want to risk that. Right. And so, uh, you just, you know, you kind of get rid of it, but if it would have been in a, a watertight, some kind of watertight package, then it would have been all right. And so, I don't know, that's one of those reasons why you consider that and you do that. So, man, just a lot to consider there. A lot of things is just another thing to add to your plate, but you should consider security and defense in your preparedness plans there. You know, focus on uh, focus on your food and your water and medical and all those types of things. But, you know, security and defense should be there. One of the things that I liked what he said is, you know, when if he alluded to the fact that if the poop ever hit the fan, that a lot of the times you're going to be using your ammo on, you know, uh, hunting and predators, you know, like the four legged kind that are going to be you know, munching out on your garden. And you're going to you're going to want to get rid of them before they eat everything. And then, of course, you're going to need it for security and defense purposes and stuff like that. So, guys, that's over at mdcreekmore.com. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 443. Hey, can I ask you for a big favor? If you enjoy the podcast and you've been listening, I would really appreciate it if you would just let other people know, whether that is through social media or if it's just by word of mouth. Let other people know that we're here. We want to spread the message of preparedness. Hey, don't forget that if you want to subscribe to the show, you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.